Finance. Today, we're doing a review of the Q3 report that Refinance published on Medium just a few days ago. And we're going to go, I, can you even believe that it's already end of Q3? We're in October now, and we'll be talking with Refinance's very own Didier to go through all of the major highlights that Ref went through um, in Q3. So I was taking a look myself, and it was quite impressive. I know I work on the ref now, but when you look back and you list up all of your achievements from the past three months, it is quite substantial. There's been a lot of product delivery. It's been a lot of good growing of partnerships, a lot of integrations, and also working on the experience side for devs and users alike with the ref SDK, as well as the wallet selector and fiat on reps. So I think it's going to be a pretty good space uh, once Didier joins us, and then we can get into it with everything here. There we go. Hey, Didier. Jim, Jim. Jim, Jim, how's it going? How are you? Good? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. All good here. All good. Uh, yeah. Excited about uh, this talk and and yeah about giving more insights around you know what happened in in the last quarter yeah and i think also um quite thematically so august 21st was the one year anniversary of the refinance main smart contract and today is the day um it's the two year anniversary for near going on mainnet so i think today we have a lot of things to celebrate it's quite uh, serendipitous that way yeah perfect timing uh, Perfect time, yeah. yeah. Many we we had many anniversaries um, in 2022, right? We we had the the DAO, the Rev DAO anniversary, uh, and yeah, and we had the 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 last uh, our last contract, which is the current one working uh, anniversary. So yeah, that's good. Still so young, on only yeah one year. It's kind of crazy, but yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. All right, well, let's get started more formally. Didier, if you want to quickly introduce yourself, I'm sure everyone's familiar, but as it goes. Yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, I'm the product uh, manager of uh, Ref Finance. I've been working uh, for Ref for more than uh, 14th month now, so more than a year. And uh, yeah, so far, so good. Uh, so, so, many, so, so many updates. And uh, yeah, and and glad to to keep uh, building on on here. All right. Well, you've been working at Ref for over a year now, fourteen months. You said compared to let's just focus on twenty twenty two, beginning of the year, and it's now already October of twenty twenty two. What's different for from a personal point of view, maybe team wise? Like, what's your state of mind right now? Well. Yeah, I think the the market is yeah the the market is um, is quite challenging at the moment, uh, which might explain why we are not like a hundred in this call. Um, yeah, everyone is uh, getting wrecked today, uh, but it's uh, no, it's been yeah. I'm I'm very confident um, for what will be that you know smart contract infrastructure. Um, and, and near specifically uh, will stand out in the future of smart contracts. So I'm very confident that although the market is challenging us, 
um, we've yeah we have you know we raised uh, just before uh, the market uh, turned south. So I think we we have yeah, and and it's actually a good time to to be I would say quite small during those times, right? Because if you are like a big player with you know 100, 200 employees then during those times, your problems are very different from what we have um, at REF, right? Because we are, although we are already like a team of 16 uh, members, we are not 200, right? And when you have to pay, uh, when you have to yeah, send the, pay, the payrolls for 200 employees and, and, and not making any revenue, then that's a different story. So I think sometimes there is, uh, it's good to be um, like not too big, um, and I think this is exactly the time where, um, yeah, this is the, 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 where we can keep, you know, building. So my, my state of mind is, in a nutshell, still very, very positive about what, what's coming. And although, you know, the, 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 the crypto market, um, I think, is below one trillion now, um, the DeFi, the total DeFi TVL for the last quarter has dropped uh, like of over thirty um, percent, but yeah, uh, our TVL I think decreased only by ten percent. So I think on that on on that perspective, we we have over we have you know outperformed um, uh, the, the the DeFi uh, market, which is good, right? Because that gives us confidence that you know our users um, keep their uh, TVL. On ref, keep trading, um, and and yeah, and and that gives us like great confidence for what's next. Well, speaking of outperforming the market, maybe we can start off with a few analytics kind of review of some stats for ref, just so we kind of hone in um, the kind of quarter that ref has been having, and I think it's been pretty successful. So I think the first point that we can start off with is just like you mentioned, um, for the past few months, even with the bear. REF has consolidated uh, around 200 million plus in TVL. And like you mentioned, it's been outperforming the DeFi market despite the bear. What, where would you say that this kind of power and TVL and maybe belief in REF comes from? Like, how would you analyze this, like REF within the new community? Well, I, I think there are, well, I think there are two things, right? The first one is how do we, in the first place, manage to get, uh, you know, this capital, right? And I think at some point when um, the near ecosystem was getting like a lot of traction, we had like a huge flow of new users coming from Ethereum, for example, uh, very good attention with, you know, what's happening on Aurora. And I think we managed to capture uh, like a decent amount of, of capital from those environments. And then... The second thing is, why do we, uh, how do we successfully keep uh, this capital? And I think, yeah, I, I think because people see what's happening on Near, that uh, the Near Foundation is extremely active. New projects are coming, new uh, projects building on top of Ref are coming. You know, like Fluxus, for example, Pembroke was deployed uh, last summer. Uh, Omomo, which is a margin trading solution, is also coming uh, this quarter. And, and uh, yeah, I, I just think that we, we, and still we have good incentives compared to 
uh, other marketplaces, although we've been decreasing those incentives um, over the last two months. And yeah, I just think that our users or our LPs are you know, still in a good place, which explains why we maintain this you know, activity. Um, on, on th there are some other interesting facts, right? Because although we, I think we, yeah, we, we are like a, quite a big um, DEX within the near ecosystem and we have over, yeah, 70,000 unique users since inception, right? And the other thing is, what is interesting is our user retention rates. So looking at our users, um, out of 100 users that have used the platform on August 1st, right, we have 25% that are still actively using the platform today, which is actually a very good retention rate. So those users, they are, you know, uh, keep using REF either to swap or to add, remove liquidity or to farm or to stake. But those users, they are still, they are still, you know, using REF, which is, I think, a very, um, a very good metric, right? But yeah, but then the question is, what's, what's the benchmark? And, and yeah, I, I don't have those data right now, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think REF is definitely in a good place. Yeah. And not to be too humble. I mean, it's the incentives, it's the near ecosystem, it's the foundation, but also REF is one of the few, I would say, successful protocols on near that also consistently delivers on the product end. And we will get into some of the product updates, but it's people are staying and people are using it because they like the product in the end, right? There are good prices, there's liquidity here. It's really serving as a gateway to the near ecosystem. But I'm a little biased. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> No, no, I totally agree. Um, I think as a marketplace and, and because we have, you know, a great team, a great community, uh, then we just, yeah, keep building, keep shipping new products, uh, like new features. And uh, yeah, and our users see that. So I, I think it's, yeah, it's a good time to, you know, build and be ready for the next uh, bull market. Great. Looking at the Q3 report, let's get into some of the highlights from Q3. Uh, what I think is quite interesting and probably um, doesn't get talked about a lot is uh, six pillars of REF, which you write about in the Q3 report. And what I would love to do is kind of I'll toss you each pillar and then I'd love to hear, you know, what it means and how this works on REF, because I think these six pillars really showcase the identity and vision that REF has, which I think would be a great way to start off this space in the discussion. So one, the first thing that we see in the Q3 report, and if you haven't checked it out, it's on the REF Finance Medium. It's a Q3 report um, on REF Finance. And the first pillar is the future is decentralized. Is there anything you want to add about what that pillar means for REF? Yeah, I, I think the, the idea with the, the pillars um, is to give um, to the community like our philosophy for 2022, right? And this philosophy is around those uh, six pillars. So the future is decentralized means that refinance is not only um, a DEX and an automated market maker, but it's actually also a DAO, right? And how do we manage decisions? How do we make sure that those decisions are, you know, um, like are taken in a decentralized fashion, right? So 
the idea behind promoting decentralization, I think, is very well translated in the Vitoconomics model, where our users will be able to participate in polls, right, and in decisions around the protocol. So basically, by staking their Vtoken, they can decide on like key uh, contract upgrades, for example, if we want to allocate rewards to this farm, if we want to uh, take, like if we want to deploy REF on Aurora, for example. So very key decisions. And something I'd like to mention on that is also our biggest group of liquidity providers are actually providing liquidity in the Refnir pool for almost, a, I mean, a third of them which gives us confidence that with the Vtokenomics, the Vtokenomics will be directly addressable to the biggest group of our LPs, which, you know, who are like Refnir um, LPs. And, and sorry, because I, I did forget to mention that, but to, to have Vtoken, you need to provide liquidity in the Refnir pool, which is why I explained that here. Right, so there is a commitment on the ref philosophy side towards decentralization. And right now, I guess the TLDR is that it's manifesting in two main ways. One is the DAO that has been incepted with ref from the very beginning with like 20 plus members governing every decision. And now you're opening up that governance protocol to the entire community of ref users through the VE tokenomics model, which is coming soon. Correct, yes. The second pillar is double B, better prices and better liquidity utilization. What does that mean um, exactly? That means that if you have crap prices, then we won't have any users in the future. So I think that as an exchange, we are competing with, you know, top exchanges um, and either if there are like whether there are, you know, cent centralized exchanges. But at the end of the journey, if you have like crap prices, nobody will trade on your exchange. So the question is, how can we have good prices and also how can we have like a very good uh, trading volume with uh, the minimum amount of capital locked right which which is basically the ratio volume to tvl which is uh, capital efficiency liquidity utilization right so the first thing we did for that was the auto router to make sure that actually when you trade on ref you can take advantage of all liquidity pools to potentially deliver a better price for your trade. So that was like the first big release uh, going like in that double B direction, right? The second one is obviously concentrated liquidity because uh, with that, there's a very like strong narrative around, well, why as an LP would I need to lock like my liquidity for an infinite range of price, right? What if I want to lock my liquidity in a certain range and earn fees just on this range? So basically giving you the option to improve the way you like liquidity efficiency, right? So the concentrated liquidity will be like a very, very uh, important uh, thing for that double B. And uh, yeah, and, and third and last, well, if you want to swap stable coins, if you want to swap yield-bearing tokens like, you know, Estenir, um, Near X, Linear, then you want to have good prices, right? And actually, on our stable uh, pools, we deliver like better prices, uh, uh, you know, compared to Binance, for example, for certain pairs. So, 
that also translates in our stable, what we call like the source uh, function. Yeah. Yeah. So the auto router, um, the stable swap, and the concentrated liquidity feature, which is coming very soon, pertains to better prices and better liquidity utilization, which kind of really gets to the heart of what a DEX is supposed to be, right? As a um, as the kind of backbone of the economy on near. And I think this connects to the third pillar, which is money, money, money. I'm assuming this is a little bit straightforward. Yeah, correct, right? Um, as, as I think as, a, yeah, as, as an LP, you really want to maximize your profit, right? And, and in the meantime, which is quite, like, quite a paradox, right? You want to mitigate the risk. Uh, so two things on that. If you want to maximize profits, then obviously the first thing that comes um, into mind is auto-compounding solution. And I'm very glad Fluxus in, is in this call uh, because Fluxus is like such an amazing yield aggregator uh, solution that is coming very soon on top of REF and, um, and was actually the first, uh, yeah, the first winner of our hackathon almost a year ago. But uh, yeah, basically as an LP, you want to have the ability to auto-compound, right? If you farm uh, your, your stake. So, so I think, well, Pembroke provides that, but having, you know, like other options, uh, obviously will be very good for our users. And uh, yeah, and auto-compounding is the first example that, that comes to my mind. And then how do you mitigate risk as an LP? Well, do you, do you know what's your, you know, in permanent loss, for example, can you visualize that? Um, we, we've provided like a small tool on our on our uh, ref analytics uh, feature, where basically you can you know put your position and know instantly uh, what's your in permanent loss. And also the second thing on that is to make sure that we provide the good contents on the education part to make sure, well, as an LP you understand the risk, right? So. It's, yeah, how do you maximize your profits? What's your options? And how do you mitigate those risks? Basically, that's money, money, money. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the fourth pillar is better experience. And I think this pertains mostly to user experience on the ref. What do you have to say about this pillar? I think I've got, I've got a great idea for Fauve, uh, who is uh, our lead marketing in, in, in the AMA. Uh, is to basically provide a thread on Twitter from the first UI to our UI that the compared to the UI we have right now, and I think we've made like so many improvements on that side, um, and just on the user experience flow uh, that it's worth like to do a thread on that. But for example, the better experience was you know the instant swap. So at at the beginning with Ref, you really needed to first deposit on the contract and then perform some actions. But now this is an abstraction with REF. So basically when you do a swap, then in the same transaction, you, you know, uh, which is like a transaction that bundles other uh, events, right? You send your token to the REF exchange, then the swap is performed and then you get back your token, right? Uh, and even before that, you needed to, you know, um, yeah. So anyway, so that was like a great, uh, that was a great improvement in the experience. But we also taking um, every comment from the community um, to 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 make sure we can, you know, improve this experience, right? So if you if you are like a non English native speaker, 
um, and then you want to you, you want to you know have access to different translations. Uh, I think we have like five or six uh, at the moment, but then that's also part of the better experience, right? Yeah, 100%. I, I totally forgot because, you know, when you're always looking and you're always using Adapt like over over the year, you forget the small incremental changes that happens on, on its website. And when you said that, uh, let's compare like screenshots of the UI now and UI when we first started Rev, I, I'm, it's like it's flashing through my head. I'm like, wow, you're right. Like Rev UI has improved so much like right now, not the, not only does it look sleek and it's like usable uh, as hell, um, I think Mency, who is here, should be getting a great shout out. She's been doing an amazing job um, on the front end design and with all the pop-ups and little buttons that redirect you to features like buying USN or like swapping between wrap near and regular near. All of these features have made Rev really usable um, and the the difference is really night and day compared to when it first started out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I totally agree that, you know, like many innovations are incremental. And then when when we will have a look at what was the first UI in three years, then I think, yeah, um, we will have a very nice thread to do. <laughs> um, on the user experience, and I think there are a few things that we can also highlight from Q3. One of them is the wallet selector. If you want to describe a little bit about what it is and some of the wallets we've integrated and maybe hint at one substantial one that's also upcoming. Yeah, so so the wallet selector like is such a great initiative uh, within the near ecosystem because as a builder, as a developer, what you you really want to focus on, you know, your value proposition, right? And once you've done that, then you want to well go to market and and you know um, and and you want to face your users and and give them the option to well if they want to log in with one wallet with another one, then actually uh, giving to them this option. In the past, the developer needed to reach those wallets and then to do like a single unique in integration for every wallet. With the wallet selector, then basically it's a project that um, unifies all the wallets. And then there's a single point of integration for all those wallets. So as a developer, well, you don't, as you, your job is not anymore to reach out like the 10 wallets and to do like some specific integration. You basically have, an out-of-the-box solution to get those wallets in one integration, right? So that's the wallet selector. And that was like, that, that was, I mean, that's, that was so needed, right, in, 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 within the near ecosystem. So, but a few things on the wallet selector, it also means that the wallet selector has more responsibility, right? Because they need to also, they have this knowledge and this expertise to integrate those wallets, to do some security checks, for example, on behalf of every project, which is also like a great thing. So we are, at, I mean, we are really pushing the wallet selector to get like new wallets in the queue to be, uh, to be live on the wallet selector because uh, we decided to take the decision to only push those in the default list of the wallet selector. So the default list of the wallet selector is basically like a white list uh, for those wallets, and as a wallet, when you are in the wallet selector, you need to you know pass some uh, checks, and then you will be in the default list. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that that also means that right now, I think if you click on Wallace Lecture, and it's also you know improves user experience because maybe you're not just using the near web wallet. Maybe you use Ledger. Maybe use My Near Wallet or Sender. Now automatically you're given a list of options, and you can choose the wallet that you're using. And also it means that as more wallets are whitelisted on Wallet Selector, Selector, you'll see a host of new wallets on Ref Finance that you can interact with. And I think the kind of alpha is that there's also a big institutional custodial wallet solution that will be soon integrated. On ref, if you want to mention that a little bit easier, yeah, for sure. So, um, so, so, yeah, we we are in the process of testing um, uh, Wallet Connect, which is the like the wallet uh, for Fireblocks, and Fireblocks guys is one of the top custodians uh, within the crypto uh, ecosystem. That means that thousands of institutions are using. Um, fireblocks to deploy capital on, you know, like on DeFi, right? So that was, that, that's such a big news, I think, within the near ecosystem, because what does that mean is that an institution now on fireblocks can have access to ref liquidity and ref functions like right straight away, right? And so basically with fireblocks, we can address this market of, you know, big players and big players, they need a custodian because obviously they have, you know, procedures, they have uh, a very strong risk framework. So I think, and Fireblocks will be the first one, right? But what about Copper, for example, in the future, which is also another big uh, custodian? I, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm so bullish about Fireblocks and uh, we are in the, well, we are testing it right now and we are very confident that it will be live uh, in the next few days. And I think another hint that we can make is that next week, if you want to hear more about the Firebox integration, we will be having some of our Fireblocks on our Twitter space. So we'll be able to ask more questions next week and hear about it. Um, on the wallet side, well, actually not the wallet side, but on the user experience side, another aspect that we could highlight is the Fiat on-ramp integration that has recently gone live on Refinance, starting with Transact. And I think there are a few more upcoming. Could you add a little bit more about why Fiat on-ramps matter and what this is going to unlock for Ref? Yeah, sure. Um I think that Fiat on ramp is still uh, very useful uh, because let's say, you know, you come to near, then actually your first experience on near is ref uh, finance, the application, then, well, you have a wallet, but you need to have, uh, you know, you need to fund this wallet. So you have a few options, right? Either you have a KYC on, you know, some exchanges and then you buy um, then you do a, like a bank transfer, for example, or you use a card on those exchanges and then you send near uh, to your wallet and then you interact with Ref. Well, basically, Fiat on Ramp removes like two actions um, from the, like two actions in the process, right? Because you are on Ref, then you take your credit or debit card, for example, and then basically you can pre-fund your near wallet in like one, less than one minute, right? And then you can start interacting. So the idea behind Fiat on Ramp is to reduce the time for user to interact with our, with our products. And uh, Transac is obviously, you know, one of the top Fiat on Ramp solutions. Uh, basically, you can use Transac on BitMEX, for example, uh, but the next one will be 
um, uh, NearPay, which is the near native uh, crypto payment solution. And then we will have like another uh, flagship uh, name within the ecosystem, which is MoonPay, uh, giving to our users like, you know, three options uh, if they want. But yeah, although those options will cover, I don't know, 150 plus countries and, and so many payment options, right? Debit, debit card is one option, but you can also do a bank transfer. You can also uh, use Apple Pay, Google Pay. So yeah, I, I think just giving more options is as usual and, and reducing the time from, you know, uh, from your first, uh, like to the first experience is very important. 100%. So on the on some final notes about better experience, I think one like two aspects that I'd love to highlight also is the ref analytics update. I think um, if you could add a little bit more about some of the new features, there's a you know built in ref analytics solution on ref finance, you can check out the LPs, you can break down the farms, you can look at the leaderboards. So I think that's something that helps a lot in terms of transparency and also usability for ref. And the second aspect is also on the developer front, the ref SDK is something that we could definitely talk about. Yeah, exactly. So, so actually, Ref Analytics is a, is a very well. I think is the best um, is the best example to talk about knowledge is power, which is the fifth uh, pillar. And as a user, well, you're using a Dex, but uh, you check obviously you check price if price if prices are good, but you need also other data, right? Because if you want to take like data driven decisions, for example, you want to know the TVL. Uh, if you provide liquidity, well, what's the constraint? Well, what's the liquidity structure in the pool, right? Because if they if there are two hundred LPs, and if there are like if there is one LP, then the risk is not the same, even for a trader. So, the idea behind ref analytics is to give what I would call the primitives um, analytics of the of, of the exchange, which is basically TVL and trading volume, but also how well the pool you know, is performing. So as an LP, how much revenue can you derive from the swap fee? What's the difference with the reward fee, for example, from the farming fee? And and just having this data, right, to, to do some planification. And, and I think this is quite key, right? And then if you want to dig in and if you want to, well, I want to check what's the users, what's the LPs for a specific pool, then you can have the entire list of the LPs for a specific pool. And then you can say, well, this guy is providing a lot of liquidity in this pool, and I want to you know, analyze this address, right? I want to know how, what's, what's his behavior, for example. So you can also have access to that. You can have access to the entire list of uh, farmers for a specific farm, uh, for example, uh, also the rich list of ref. Uh, we will add soon the, the, the rich list of XREF. And what we are working on, too, is a real-time update of the protocol revenue. So basically, as a, you know, as an XREF staker, you want maybe to, to, to understand how, the, how well the trading platform is performing, uh, what's the trading revenue, and, and you want maybe to do some you know, uh, projections, right? So... Um, I think that will be a very, like a very important update for our protocol, just to have real-time finance, which doesn't exist in the real world, right? We report on a quarterly basis, uh, you know, or even you close the account at the end of the year, 
but I really like the slogan of June Analytics, which is, well, the future won't be reported quarterly, right? So if we, have, if we want to give to our users real-time uh, you know, revenue stream uh, from the protocol, then, uh, yeah, this is happening for sure. And we are already working on that. Brilliant. You know what? I totally forgot about knowledge is power being the fifth pillar. So I'm really glad that you tied that in. Um, but let's talk again a little bit about the Ref SDK, because I also yes. want to hear about Sorry. what the Ref SDK enables and why we should be excited as an ecosystem for this. Yeah, um, the SDK is uh, like a toolbox to facilitate the integration with all, all other applications, right? And, uh, and and actually, Fluxus is such a great example, and, and they could, I, I mean, we can learn from, you know, their experience with our first, um, yeah, I wouldn't even call it an SDK because that, 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 that was only API endpoints, um, and, and it was not a proper SDK, right? So the idea with the SDK is basically going towards 2023 and our ambition in 2023, which is to build an ecosystem around REF, like all the projects building on top of us, having, you know, um, like a very strong community. And to do that, we need a very good SDK. Like, oh, good, oh, oh, easily can you integrate with REF? If you want to do like a smart contract call, if you want to develop another solution, if you want to get some data, for example, then basically that's the objective of the new SDK. So uh, the new SDK is live, but obviously um, there is like concentrated liquidity coming at the end of the month. So we are also adding this um, SDK, I mean, this uh, concentrated liquidity feature in the SDK. And, and the other thing about the SDK is that we are working on like a very simple ref widget for other applications, which that which means that if other applications want want to integrate this widget, basically users will be able to swap directly on those applications using the widget. Uh, so users don't need to go to ref and then you know to log in. Uh, to understand, you know, the ecosystem. I mean, to understand the product. If they are like a first-time user, they can basically do a swap, staying on their um, like first, you know, environments. And this is coming too. I think the Ref SDK means for me the most that um, I I just thought of this. You know, how like Marvel has the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Ref SDK will enable like a Ref universe and i think we're seeing the uh, seeds of it with fluxus finance pemrock um, and i think omomo which was the recent hackathon bounty winner during nearcon exactly yes so we'll see a growing list of kind of what the a mini ref ecosystem within the near ecosystem these dex uh, derivatives or protocols that are leveraging ref and they're able to do it through the ref sdk yeah, so, so um, yeah, they will be able to, you know, um, like perform some very, I would say, primitive functions uh, with us, uh, which is, you know, like do a swap, for example, add, remove liquidity. Um, and yeah, and other like interesting things 
you know, like staking, for example, or even, you know, just to get the data from, um, from our exchange, such as prices, for example, liquidity, uh, and that's in a very, like, simple way, right? Which is not quite the case today, so. All right, well, moving on to probably the sixth and last pillar, which is bridge them all. What kind of ambitions does Rev has in terms of interoperability and maybe fitting into a more multi-chain world? Is that something that Ref is aspiring towards? Yeah, exactly. I think that, um, yeah, we, we and, and the auto-router, um, what we call today the Swap Pro, which is the ability to source liquidity from Aurora, uh, is like a good, you know, um, translation of that. So the idea with that, with BridgeML is to, to actually, you know, like the partnership with, is, with, with Accelerar, for example, uh, the way we're going to work with Arctic or Orderly is basically how can we, even, even within our own ecosystem, create some bridges from other users, uh, you know, and, and to bring like, some users to our platform and vice versa, uh, because obviously we want to, we want those users to have more exposure within the entire uh, DeFi ecosystem, right? Um, actually, just giving you like a stat, right? But on our seventy-nine thousand unique users, only four thousand have interacted with Borocash, for example. Um, does that mean that, I, I mean, do we have a good bridge with Borocash is a good question, right? And how can we increase that numbers? So I, I think, and we have other examples like that, uh, but basically, yeah, just reducing the gap between other communities. And I think bridges are obviously a good example of that. Um, and, and the way we like create, uh, yeah, partnerships with other key players. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's a big topic. Uh, maybe more, I would say, um, like with a lot of abstraction sometimes. But yeah, something that we really want to. And even the question, you know, will Ref be on another environment in the future, is also I think could be in this section, right? Very interesting. I, di I didn't know that that may be on the roadmap. That's something to look forward to. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Bridge Them Hall is yeah, uh, uh, like a big topic, right? Um, we are very interested in understanding um, on, on the user perspective, how many are coming from Ethereum, for example, if we can, like, if we can improve that flow uh, etc. Right. So, yeah, bridge them all is definitely like a big pillar for sure. Yeah, I, I like that it's both um, literal and a little bit more um, euphemistic. So it's literally bridging between different chains with partnerships like Axelar or even multi-chain that are enabling cross-chain swaps um, and that Ref can utilize this infrastructure. But you're exactly. also talking about bridge bridging between other ecosystem projects like Arctic or Orderly. Um, Arctic, in this case, being on Aurora and then um, Ref definitely having the function to enable um, cross-network swaps between Aurora and Near, which was, I think, the first and a quite substantial development. And I think something that we were talking about 
in the last sweat economy space was also this exact idea, like you were mentioning with Burrow. I mean, a lot of users are using Ref, a lot of users being onboarded, for instance, with the new sweat wallet and the sweat token, but are they being cross-pollinated? Are they bridging into all of these other projects within the larger near ecosystem? That's definitely a challenge that we're all working on. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So speaking of sweat, um, I think some we could also kind of look back uh, in Q3 and point out some of the notable partnerships, sweat economy being one of the biggest ones. I think it brought a lot of buzz and actually a lot of new users onto Near. There's also PEMROCK, which is the leverage yield staking solution um, that you utilizing ref pools and also Gauntlet, which is a um, I, I, like a risk assessment and um, capital uh, optimization protocol that REF is working with in order to work on the best farming incentives um, for treasury management. Do you want to talk a little bit briefly about each of these partners, Sweat, Pemrock, and Gauntlet? Yeah, sure. Um, <coughs> yeah, Pembroke is definitely a very strong partner and um, and is actually, yeah, Pembroke is actually a very active um, contracts on near um, they yeah they, they I mean they have like a very decent um, uh, user base and those users they can leverage their um, liquidity position right to uh, to farm uh, basically and and then auto compound and so on uh, so Pembroke is yeah a, a very like a very very strong partner. Uh, and we will have like Fluxus coming very soon. Um, so, yeah, I, I, definitely this is going into the money, money, money section. Uh, Gautlet is Gautlet is a like a very interesting uh, partnership, and I think it it goes to probably the um, like the decentralization uh, pillar, right? Because Gautlet is well a strategic partner that is helping REF to uh, like allocate better incentives. And this is also an independent player, right? So Gotlet, they have like, first they have the entire view of what's happening in the market in terms of incentives. So they have the benchmark, like which is a key data. Second, they are, they, they, they are looking at like every single uh, pool within REF every single farm and they're looking at how much do we spend versus how much revenue do we get and at some point REF was very aggressive on those incentives basically give, giving $10 for uh, $0.1 of revenue right so uh, this is good if the if that help us to create a network effect which is the objective of incentives right but in a bear market uh, we need to like be more smart than that, and and Gautlet is helping us to achieve that. Um, so, also, I think it's a fairer model for you know projects because it's not you come to Ref and you ask for you know I, I want to have ten thousand Ref rewards on top of my farm. How does that work? Am I the friend of the guy who is running Ref? Well, maybe I'm gonna get more. And there's like. It's it's it can be arbitrary, right? But with Gauntlet, because it's an independent player, well, it's not. It's based on data, right? So, if your if your farm is you know performing extremely well, then probably you will have 
like and Gotlet will probably identify incentive opportunities. So I think it's also like a fairer model for everyone uh, in the space, and and yeah, and that help us to have a systematic approach for those rewards, which is way better than you know having well we're gonna have tier one, tier two, tier three, uh, and then it's gonna depends on some other arbitrary metrics, right? Now Gotlet is like a very professional uh, framework. It's a big player uh, that is working with, you know, like big DeFi protocols such as Have, for example, Compound, um, and 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 yeah, Sushi Swap in the past uh, for for the incentive, for example. So yeah, it's definitely a very strong uh, partner. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, working with something like Gauntlet um, definitely hits all the marks, all the pillars that we we're discussing. Not only are we giving better, you know, capital um, management, treasury management, but we're also utilizing the model that knowledge is power. So we're doing data-backed, data-driven incentive allocation instead of just, you know, going by, hey, this, you know, is important. Let's spend a little bit more. This one, let's reduce a little bit more, going by feeling. Exactly, yeah. Well, to kind of um, leave things on a wrapping note, I also want to touch upon in the Q3 report, you're writing the changes in the team. So you mentioned that there are now 16 full-time members on the Ref Core team. Um, and these are, it's grown, it's had a few new additions. Do you want to talk about some of the new members within the Ref team? Who are they and what are they providing? Yeah, sure. So we, yeah, so we welcomed uh, San in July, um, who is coming from the Terra ecosystem and is, um, well, helping Ref on, on the business development side. And, and getting back to the pillars, because you, you, you mentioned it at the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, San has a very, like, important role to play around Bridge Them Hole and how can we, you know, get new projects on board um, within Ref. Or, or can we, you know, get integrated with uh, Axelar, for example, um, and, and Arctic uh, or even Orderly? How can we, you know, secure good deals uh, for Ref? And I think, yeah, that's one of uh, SAN's missions on top of managing the existence relationship with our projects, right? Um, and then, yeah, and then Ray, um, came um, in September, and Ray is a very like good uh, research analyst um, who is studying at the moment, I think, at Berkeley, uh, doing computer science. And Ray will have like two main uh, responsibilities. The first one is to work closely with Gautlet and make sure that we can, you know, first monitor their recommendations and second challenge them um, and ray will also work like on you know ecosystem research initiatives right so what's the money is doing on near basically um, you know do users um, use you know usdt instead of die and why just have a better understanding of behaviors around our uh, users uh, for example but that, that we will have also other, um, you know, researches and basically do that for the community um, and, and making sure that we can publish those uh, research in the future. But yeah, I, I think 
that's definitely two great add-ons. And now we are yeah, 16 full, full-time members. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's been quite a, it's been quite a crazy journey, I must say. <laughs> it's a big family now. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, yeah, exactly. It's been, it's been, it's been a crazy journey when I think about, uh, last year, uh, where, when basically we were, yeah, four. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you also want to briefly maybe outline, you know, out of the 16, how many are engineers, how many are other parts? Because I think people are also curious, you know, we never really hear from the dev team on the ref. We're usually hearing from you or from myself. Um, I'm part of the DAO. Uh, or we'll be hearing from San or Ray more in the future. But definitely, want, I think definitely people are curious about what the team makeup looks like in terms of rules. Yeah, well... Um... Yeah, if 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 that gives like a good overview of how the the team is uh, structured, then I think out of our sixteen uh, members, we have like ten engineers and and ten you know um, um, yeah ten ten engineers, and then we have on top of that we have yeah research analysts. Uh, so basically, Faye and Ray on that topic, we have Fove, who is leading uh, the marketing. Uh, we, we have myself um, and we have, uh, yeah, Mency, you are in the engineer, uh, you are in, in the engineer uh, list. I'm saying that because Mency is in the call. Uh, but yeah, I would say basically 10, 10 engineers and then, yeah, one marketing, one product, one BD. Um, and, uh, yeah, sorry. And, and QA engineers too, I've forgotten them. So 12 engineers actually, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a big family and, and yeah. And one other, uh, like project manager, Harry. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 um, we, we have the entire, uh, list on, on the Q3 reports. So if you want to check, uh, yeah, the roles and responsibility of those members, uh, you can have access to that. And, and also the team is visible on our documentation. So you have the entire list of the team members on our documentation. Brilliant. Well, I think it's a very lean team and that's very important um, in general, but especially in the bear market, right? You don't want to be bloated. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, moving towards kind of looking towards the future, what's on the roadmap for Q4 and beyond? Uh, we've definitely hinted at a few of them. I think very immediately it's concentrated liquidity and B tokenomics. Can you tell us a little bit more about when that's coming exactly? Yeah, so concentrated liquidity is coming um, by the end of October. And yeah, and um, we have like a very important um, point on that is that we need to have uh, the audit uh, contract secured before the deployment, uh, which we have. So that's, that's uh, yeah, that's like 90% confidence that we will deploy at the end of October. And then we have, yeah, the V uh, token, which is the last leg of the V tokenomics model. And for that, uh, Two things. The first one is we want to maximize the momentum we will have um, with the deployment. So we want to have some 
you know, momentum in the market. And I think the market is one of our, something we are looking at for the deployment. Um, and the second thing uh, for the Vitoconomics is basically securing partners for the ref LP pools that will, you know, pave the way for other users to participate in the governance, to participate in the allocation of incentives and, and pave the way of this, you know, very strong uh, use case. So that's the two things that doesn't answer the question because I didn't, uh, I didn't give you any dates. Uh, but yeah, we are looking at uh, the full deployment date every week. Uh, so yeah, more, more update on, on that, but I, I can't say more on, on the Vita economics. <laughs> Mum's the word for now. But <laughs> those two things are definitely coming up. Is there, do you want to maybe talk a little bit more about the ZapSwap function, which I think is also on the roadmap for Q4? Yeah, the ZapSwap uh, I've been, uh, yeah, the ZapSwap is, uh, I've been uh, teasing the team around that because this is something uh, I am pushing for uh, for quite a long time. And uh, I think, yeah, when, when we have a look at like liquidity on curve, I think 90% of uh, the liquidity is provided through Zap. And which means that if you want to provide liquidity, well, you need two tokens, right? So what's the amount of token A? What's the amount of token B? Or do I have token B? No. So I need to swap token A for token B before. It's a nightmare, right? So what you want to what you want to do is, well, basically I have one token. I want to be in that pool. Can I do that? Well, that's the zap swap. So it's it's quite well known um, within the, the the ETH ecosystem. It's been widely used on Curve. Uh, uh, Trader Joe was one of the first platforms to implement that, for example. So yeah, I'm I'm very I'm very very uh, bullish on ZapSwap because we have the proven um, fact that it's actually working and that it's actually improving the user experience. So the question is, how can we do that? And uh, yeah, and the ZapSwap will come for sure. Um, but yeah, we have the finish line is like. Uh, like quite stressful for 2022, but I'm confident that uh, we will be able to deploy the ZapSwap uh, by the end of the year. Yeah, there's a lot going on for Q4 in Rev, so it'll be a very exciting time. Looks like the team's not taking a break until the holidays come. Maybe New Year's time they'll get a break. Yeah, Christmas for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that we missed from the roadmap that you'd like to highlight? Um, no, I, I think we no, I think we covered a lot. Um, yeah, I think you mentioned sweat at some point, and and uh, yeah, and and sweat is like a very. I mean, we are very proud to you know to have like sweat near pool on ref uh, because sweat is such a great example of an application that, that is succeeding in the Web2 space and that is coming to the Web3 space. And they basically have, you know, uh, yeah, I think six over almost 7 million uh, addresses holding sweat on near, which is huge, right? And on that, I think, yeah, only 20% have activated their, their wallets using their sweat. So we have a huge 
like we have a huge space for growth, right? Uh, potentially. So I think sweat is, it's, it's very the beginning. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm very, uh, we are working closely with the team to try to understand how can we improve that conversion of web two users to web three users. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm, I'm very keen to, to activate those users um, and, and to give them, you know, and to give to them more options um, with Ref or within the near ecosystem in general, because at the end, that's still, you know, 7 million, um, yeah, unique users. So it's, it's, quite cra- it's quite crazy. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to challenge, be a challenge for the near ecosystem as a whole, right? How are we going to unlock and re- leverage all of the new users coming on into the near ecosystem and also how do we grow that conversion rate that people who are uninitiated in crypto can take an interest and come over to near and try out something beyond the sweat wallet so that's definitely going to be a challenge for the ecosystem as a whole on a exactly. closing note yeah i'd love to ask uh, <laughs> uh there are a lot of achievements that we went through for q3 um almost too much to handle. We took up like literally the entire hour talking about it. But in terms of things that are a little bit lacking that you want to improve upon for the next quarter or in the future, are there is was there anything while you were reflecting upon Q3 that you're like, oh, we did a lot of great things, but this I wish we could have done, just didn't have the time this time, maybe next time? Um, yeah, I think the Zap Swap is one of them uh, for Q3, but I think like a very strong priority is the performance of the application. And uh, what we see and what we've seen in the past is is like you're using Ref, the RPC is slow, it takes ages to load, you get the price, you know, two minutes afterwards, and, and that's just not acceptable, right, from a user perspective if you are trading. So so we really need to, to improve that. Uh, so there's actually a very good, um, like a very, a very strong need to migrate from the current RPC to the Pagoda RPC, the new RPC, and also second to optimize the way we do those RPC calls, right? And and so I think performance will be key in the future, because how can we pretend to host you know billion of users? if we have a two minute lag for 10,000 users. So we just need to face the problem as a community, as a team, and, and, and you know, to address this problem and to solve it. And uh, well, it's obviously easier to say it than, you know, actually doing it. But I think performance will be like key, will be key in the future. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's really great to hear that there's already a plan to mitigate this issue and it's also great to hear that the focus from the ref side, you know, we have all of these great products um, coming up and that's something to look forward to. But in the end, it's about the day-to-day usability for the everyday traders. And that's really something that you're not losing focus of. And I think as a user, that's what you love to hear. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Oh, do you have any final words or call to action? Do you want to invite users to come check out Concentrated Liquidity and VTOKUS on Testnet? Or you may be looking to have more builders use the Rev SDK and build cool things. Anything you want to say? 
Yeah, I mean, as usual, uh, you can reach out to um, to the community on Telegram, on Discord, ask questions. Uh, we try to have like a very detailed um, like quarterly report where basically you can find out all the you know information about what happened, what's next, uh, and we are also working on the twenty twenty three roadmap. Um, so. Yeah, you have access to this information. You can challenge us. You can uh, dig in, obviously. You can ask questions. The idea is to be transparent, right? And, and to make sure that the community has like 100% of, uh, has the same level of information as, you know, we do. So, yeah, I, I just, yeah, just uh, reach out, uh, check, check, you know, some very spicy projects coming, uh, like Fluxus, who is in the call. Um, there is a link actually um, um, for the Fluxus project on the Q3 report. So yeah, check those new projects coming, like Omomo, uh, because I think yeah they're great and and we are yeah very excited to 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 have them. Awesome. Well, Didier, thank you so much for your time. We had an extensive overview of everything that happened to Ref in Q3 and also what's going on in Q4. So please check out the report again on Medium and look forward to all of the product updates you will see and support the new protocols coming out that are utilizing Ref and enjoy the rest of the week. We'll catch you next week um, at the sun again. Thank you, Rim. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Didier. Take care. Bye-bye.